You're listening to How To Catholic, episode 14, How To Life Hacking. Live for what matters most. Hey everybody, this is Lisa Cotter. And I'm Kevin Cotter. And we're your co-hosts here at the How To Catholic Podcast, where our goal is to help you practically live your Catholic faith with excellence. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I am so excited for our episode today because I get to interview one of my good friends, Brian McAdam. Brian. Welcome to the show. Hey, Kev. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Brian, you know, we've worked together at Focus for about the last five years. Mm -hmm. We work really closely together in curriculum and formation. I oversee our curriculum department. Brian oversees our formation department. And throughout our time together, uh, and I learned this very quickly when working with Brian, is that as we work very closely together and we work on projects, different situations, Brian and I think very differently. And uh, it's a good difference, and it's fun to see how differently people approach problems and things. And one, uh, a lot of things I think of when I think of Brian, I think of uh, his character, his virtue, his ability to relate to people really well. Um, But he has this ability to really go after things in a very tactical and um, really handle logistics and steps and just very efficient um, at handling problems. And I don't always look at life like that. And so, um, you're a sane person. It's fine. <laughs> uh, it's just been really cool to see. And so it's always fun to ask Brian for advice. And we have a lot of conversations both professionally and then also just personally, and just to see how he looks at the world. And so I'm really excited that he's on the podcast today because I don't just get to appreciate and experience that wisdom. You all get to experience that as well. And one of the, my favorite things about you, Brian, is this isn't just like a, a recent way of thinking. This is how you've always thought I think as a person and one story really sticks out in my mind just your ability to think of problems or situations in a way that you can be very uh, efficient with and uh I, I don't know if you mind telling telling a story of uh when you're trying to get oh, was it baseball cards yeah baseball cards no I'd be happy to um yeah so this will give you a sense of uh of just how I'm wired but <laughs> Uh, when we were kids, I was probably, I don't know, maybe eight years old or something. We lived near a baseball card store and loved to collect baseball cards and we'd ride our bikes up to, to buy a pack whenever we could. But the, the packs of baseball cards cost like 75 cents. And so as an eight year old or whatever age I was, uh, it wasn't easy to come across 75 cents. And so we started thinking, okay, (laughs) how could we do this? How could we, um, get a little money to go up and buy a pack of baseball cards? And the idea I came up with as a little kid was, uh, so I got the neighborhood kids involved in this, is let's do a scavenger hunt. And we'll, here's the things that we'll ask people for. So we'll go door to door and we'll ask people for, you know, things like a, a green rubber band, a paper clip, a 1977 quarter, a 1982 dime, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so we'd go to the door and you'd ring the doorbell and, you know, maybe they didn't have the green rubber band, but they'd give you the paper clip. And then invariably, uh, they always had a coin jar or whatever. They'd bring it out, and they'd go through their coins, and they'd, they'd hunt around, but they'd find that 77 quarter and that 82 dime, and they'd, uh, they'd give it to you. And so the advice I gave to, to my friends was, look, you know, after they give you the things that you ask for on your list, we probably had 20 items on the list, 
If you want to cross some out, that's fine. But whatever you do, don't cross out the quarter and the dime and the nickel and the penny because after about two houses, you had 75 cents in your hand. You could ride up to the store and, and get a pack of baseball cards. I, I love that story because I think I would have just asked for like a quarter. I just love the detail of the 1977 <laughs> quarter to make it credible. Exactly. Um, which is so true. Like I would ask at two houses and they're like, you're just asking for a you're quarter. You're just asking for a yeah. quarter. Yeah. No, but you asked for a 77 quarter and, so, and suddenly it become, becomes about the year and not about the 25 cents. So, yeah. <laughs> so obviously this, uh, this way of thinking and this ability to uh, figure out problems in just really ingenious ways has, has been with you. Yeah. From a long time as a kid. And uh, obviously, you, you know, see that a lot in your work with Focus, but also recently you have a new website, brianmcadam.com, and, and there you're really walking people through, uh, in a lot of ways, how to think like you think in a way that is very efficient um, and that really can, can save people. Um, well, you want to walk us through a little bit more, more behind that site? Sure. Yeah. I uh, launched the site back in November and I've always wanted to do it. I, you know, like I say, this is how I'm wired and... I just really enjoy thinking about um, these kinds of, of life hacks and, and sharing them with others, talking about them. And, um, and so, yeah, so I launched this site back in November. And the goal of the site is to help you have more time and money for what matters most. So basically, I'm trying to share ways of saving time and saving or making money in order to pursue what matters most in life. And, you know, so all three of those elements, the time, the money, and the what matters most are, are integral to, to the site. But um, at the end of the day, it's all oriented toward, you know, toward what matters most. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, in our lives, uh, when it comes to, to time and money, or really anything, sometimes we can use those for, you know, selfish motives or just yep. to, to make more money or to save time, whatever it is. But I love that essence of, yeah, really, all right, the reason why we're doing this, <clears throat> the reason why we're doing this is ultimately so we can get to what matters most. And so I think just as we start this podcast and look at um, this how to life hack uh, podcast, how to life hacking uh, podcast, we're looking at what, what are maybe some steps or some um, thoughts on how to get to what matters most? Sure. Yeah. Um, the exercise I, I like the most, I think, in terms of really looking at your life and saying, what what do I really find most important in my life, is actually a um, meditation that St. Ignatius of Loyola uh, gives. And there's four steps, really, to this, to this meditation, and um, so I'll, I'll share them with you here. But the first step is just simply to kind of go off by yourself, you know, for at least a half hour. It could be an hour, it could be a day, you, you know, but at least just to get kind of completely alone. Uh, maybe it's in a time of prayer or, or some other time um, of retreat where, where you're just by yourself. So that's step one. Step two, and this is a real, real cheery thought, is to imagine yourself on your deathbed. And the reason for that is because thinking about the time of our death really gives us a perspective uh, on our life in, in a way, you know, right now there's so many things you, you think are so important and you care about. I mean, I'm in a uh, a card tournament at work and I'd love to win this thing on my deathbed. Am I going to care whether I want it or not? No, I'm not. Um, I, I, I lost in the semifinal in did that you? card tournament today. Uh, so I okay. will not be playing you in the final. Okay. But, okay. Yeah. Well, next but, year, you know, it's okay. It's not a big deal. It's <laughs> just right. a card tournament. Yeah. You won't mind on your deathbed. <laughs> so, um, so you, so this is step two, imagine yourself on your deathbed. Think about who will you be surrounded by? What will you be thinking? You know, um, and, and, and then really step three is to ask yourself kind of the key question, what at that moment 
will you wish that you had lived for now? Um, just to think about when I am on my deathbed, what will I, what will I want to have spent my life thinking about and caring about and doing? You know, I've read some uh, recent studies that show when when older people are interviewed and, and they're asked to reflect on their life, they invariably, I mean, they don't say, oh, I wish I had more power or, you know, more prestige or whatever. They always wish they had um, invested their lives more profoundly in, in the lives of their loved ones and, mm-hmm. and had forgiven others and, you know, and just all these, all these things. So <clears throat> you think about um, what, you know, what at the moment of your death will you wish you had lived for? And then step four is really just to write that down to capture the the fruit of that that reflection, and because at the end of the day, whatever that is, that's actually really what you care about most, even now. Now there's a million distractions we we put up, um, you know, a million ways we we don't focus on that in our day to day life, which is why you know this meditation is kind of necessary to help you step back and think about it. But at the end of the day it really is what matters most to you. It really is what, what you want to give your life for. And, and I think, yeah, I love the, just taking 30 minutes on your own. Cause we just lose track of it. We get surrounded by distractions like you're talking about and we forget what matters most. And yet that's the most important thing. So, you know, how trying to figure out how, you know, just identify what matters most, but then looking at, all right, how do I get more, of that. Cause I think a lot of us go, all right, I've I figured out, I, I get it. I, I know what matters most, but all these things stand in my way. And I think, um, on, on your site, I love it is because there's a lot of ways to figure out what matters most, but two just really practical things in our life that prevent us, um, from really going after what matters most are time and money. You know, it's like, Oh, I wish I could do that, but I just don't have enough time. That's like a constant mm-hmm. excuse by people, whether you're in family life, whether you're in college, whatever it is, you, oh, I just don't have time. And then the other one is, boy, I wish I could do that, but you know, I don't have the money for that. So uh, I love how your site goes after that. And of course, all in the context of the reason why we're focusing on time and money is so you can go after what matters most. Not Mm -hmm. that you can have more time to watch Netflix, not that you can have more money so that you can buy something trivial, but no, how can we use these two tools, time and money for really what matters most? Yeah, I mean, when you think about it, there are a lot of tools we can use to pursue what matters most. Prayer, you know, would be a great, great example. But time and money are two of the really, really big ones. And they're they're ones that have just always been of interest to me, trying to figure out how to how to leverage them. And, you know, money, you can you can make it, you can save it. So there's kind of two things you can do with it there. But time, in some ways, I would say, you know, is really the single most uh, kind of leveraged thing we have here because it, it's finite. You can only save it. Uh, there's no way to get more of it. And, um, you know, how we how we spend our time here on Earth has, you know, eternal consequences. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's a radical thought. I remember studying this early on in Focus and reading an article by Curtis on how time is more valuable than money. And I was like, that, yeah. I was in disbelief. No, that's not true. You actually can't invest time in a way that multiplies itself. Uh, That's right. You can't get more of it. You can't say, "Well, I'll, I'll, I'll save more. Maybe somebody can give me more." It's just so finite. And money, yep. as um, immediate as it seems sometimes, or as um, boy, I just don't have any money, or I won't get money. It's you know, there are so many other possibilities that are greater than what we have with time. So, yep, agree. Really cool. All right, so let's look at time. Uh, first as our, as our first item and just looking at, all right, we're trying to go after what matters most and a lot of the excuses that come with, with the, you know, why we can't obtain that 
is time. Time stands in our way. So what are some ways that we can try to use our time more wisely? Sure. Um, you know, some years ago, I think in the in the 80s, 90s, maybe early 2000s even, the, the idea of multitasking was really, really popular. And then I think more recently over the last few years here, um, it's become less popular. There's been studies that show, you know, you really, you can't multitask. And, and what those studies typically point out is that you can't do two of the same kind of thing at the same time. So, you know, for instance, you can't read an article and write an article at the same time because it it's kind of tapping into the same, um, you know, mental powers and, and things like that. However, what I would argue is that multitasking is alive and well if you um, if you kind of understand it properly. And so what I mean by that is I absolutely think and have, you know, found in my experience that you can do two you know, fairly different things at the same time, both of which can be meaningful or, or oftentimes what I've found is one of them is kind of a habit or just a, a routine, something you're just doing by rote. And then the other thing you can be pl- applying an intentionality to. So I'll give you uh, some examples of these. Um, so, I mean, just as I think even just about my morning, just from the time I wake up to the time I get into the office, it could be a time that I could easily just go through the motions and and not really sort of develop or, or progress. And, and, you know, and that's a possible uh, outcome, I think. But I try to infuse that time with intentionality. So, for instance, um, my wife and I, we recorded uh, a, you know, us praying the rosary together. So I've got a digital like recording of that. So when I wake up, before I even get in the shower, I start the rosary on my iPhone. So I'm actually I'm praying with us. It's kind of weird, but, uh, but, but, but I'm, there's three of you, you, yourself and your wife. That's right. It wouldn't be weird for your listeners. So if, if they want a copy of this, they're, they're more than welcome to. Oh, cool. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll put that in the show notes. Nice. Nice. Um, yeah, I think download that and, and it just, it helps keep me kind of on track and, and praying with it. But so I get it playing on my phone and I jump in the shower and, you know, and by the time I'm, I'm done in the shower and everything, I'm about done praying the rosary. So it's just an example of, you know, a, a time that could easily kind of go by without any meaning uh, that, you know, hopefully mm-hmm. uh, able to infuse it with meaning. Okay, now <clears throat> I'm getting ready. I'm getting dressed. I'm brushing my teeth, all this stuff. During that time, uh, I have my iPhone reading to me. So a lot of people don't even know that this is possible. This is my single favorite iPhone setting by far. And a lot of people don't even know that it's possible. So you can enable your iPhone to read to you. And, and so let me real quickly, I'll just oh, mention yeah. the steps uh, to do that. Cause I know not everyone has an iPhone. You can also do this on your Android, but, um, I'll just give, I'll just give the steps for the and, iPhone. And, and it doesn't matter which version of the iPhone you have. You know, I've been doing this for years. I remember laying in bed, um, gosh, three or four years ago. I mean, maybe five, six, I don't know. Like as soon as I got the iPhone, I think this was like the three S or, you know, okay. whatever yeah, it was. Yeah. And I just remember thinking, you know, I wish there were a way my phone could read to me. I'm like, that would, I, there's so much I could do if that, if that existed. And I started playing around with it. And if you go into the accessibility settings, which are actually in like in, the, in this particular setting, it's a setting for blind people to help them like absorb the content on their phone. Well, yeah. I've stumbled upon this thing. And I was like, this is, this is gold. And so what you do is you go, you go into settings, you go into general, you go into accessibility and then you choose speech. So general setting, uh, sorry, settings, general, accessibility, speech. And there's a little uh, button called speak selection. And it's disabled by default. Um, but if you enable it, 
What it allows you to do is whenever you highlight any text on your iPhone, uh, it, we, there will now be an option. You know, there's like copy and like there's those different options that pop yeah. up. One of the options that pops up is speak. And so it's great. So it'll speak whatever it is that you had highlighted. Now for the icing on the cake, as long as you're in that menu, what you want to do is is underneath where you can enable speech selection, if you go down a bit further, there's a little bar called speaking rate. And it's got, I think, a turtle on the left side and a, and a rabbit on the right side, a tortoise and a hare. Um, and you can drag that bar toward the right. And when you do that, it, it compresses the speech, which means it enables you um, to have things read to you at a faster rate than a one-to-one rate. And like on Wikipedia, if you Google or, you know, if you look for search for compressed speech, Wikipedia will tell you that, you know, most people can absorb 20 seconds of audio content in about 15 seconds. So Mm. our brain is just able to process um, audio content a lot faster typically than people speak it. I, I, I believe, you know, at this point, I'm not, I haven't tested myself, but I'm I'm pretty sure kind of over time I've worked it down. So I'm basically absorbing 20 seconds of content in 10 seconds. So I'm able to get through things twice as fast. There might be sometimes I'm doing faster than that. Sometimes slower, but, um, but for me, I mean, I probably follow, you know, maybe 20 blogs, maybe 10 of which email me daily, Mm -hmm. um, you know, some every other day or once a week or whatever. And so again, so, you know, I'm, I'm getting dressed, I'm brushing my teeth and I just reach down and I highlight the next article that I want to, you know, to comprehend and, and select it and have it speak to me. And so it's just great because I mean, when you're, when you're putting on your socks or whatever, I mean, you can't, you couldn't really be reading something with your eyes. And so to have something being read to you, um, audially is, you know, is huge. Uh, uh, and this is, one, this is a great tip. Two, the only thing I'm thinking is, if this is helpful to the blind, how does a blind person highlight something on their phone? <laughs> anyway, well, <laughs> I have other questions that are not needed anyways. But yes, yeah, it's a fantastic, yeah, because again, these are the things that can sometimes slow us up is, boy, I've got to read through all these emails or right. I wish I could follow that blog, but you I mean, who has the time? And just, again, finding the time that you you already have but you're just investing it more wisely and be able to really maximize it. Yeah, that's sure. awesome. So I'll give you one last one, kind of along these lines, and then a little bit of a different one. So so now, you know, I'm out the door. I'm on my way to work. I jump in the car, and I, you know, I have a Kindle um, on which I buy digital books. And, you know, for most of my life, I, I just read, you know, normal paper books, and I have nothing against those. But when I get in my car, I connect my, my Kindle connects, you know, automatically to my stereo via Bluetooth, or, you know, you could plug it in if, if your car doesn't have Bluetooth or whatever. And as I drive to work, I have my Kindle um, read, you know, just read books to me. And so in the course of a year, now my commute is 13 and a half minutes. <laughs> of course, I would know it to the, to the, to the half minute. Um, my commute's 13 and a half minutes to work and back. So, it, you know, in those 27 minutes a day, I have my Kindle reading books to me. And over the course of a year, my Kindle reads more than 7,000 pages to me. So, I mean, that's a lot of content. Uh, yeah. And of course, you would know the amount of pages right. in a year. So yeah. you could break it down. Yeah. I mean, and so it's just a great way. I mean, you want to plow through the classics. You want to, you know, learn about business. I mean, whatever you want. It's just a way to use that time efficiently. Probably other times. I'm sure many of your listeners, you know, listen to podcasts and, and that's yeah. that's huge. But Again, you know, you could sit there and you could listen to music, and, and I'm not opposed to music. There's times I, I enjoy that as well, but um, but 
10 years, 20 years from now on your deathbed, are you ever going to, you know, oh, I wish I had listened to more music in the car? You know, probably not. Probably you're going to wish you had developed yourself and continued to, to grow, you know? So, yeah. And I think especially when you, yeah, have a busy life, sometimes reading is the first thing that's mm-hmm. so easy. You know, at the end of, sometimes we don't get to read till the end of the day. Mm-hmm. End of the day, you think, boy, I wish I could sleep or I just, I don't feel like doing anything. But this really integrates it in your day into which, yeah, you find that space. <clears throat> and I also love just the habit of being able to read over time and then look back and say, wow, 7,000 pages. Right. And even if you cut that in half or a fourth or a fifth or an eighth, if that seems like, boy, daunting or like <laughs> Brian's on steroids here, which he is. But even if you went to an eighth of that, I mean, we're talking about 1,000 pages. Yeah. And that's something where you go, well, that, that's you know maybe five great books, four great books right. that you could read over the course of a year. Um which is very, very doable. And I just love that those little moments consistently yes. just produce such amazing, great, uh, yeah, results. So it's they, just amazing. They really do. And I mean, and again, nothing precludes you from reading outside, like reading normal books outside sure. of this. Nothing <laughs> precludes you from praying a rosary or, or other kind of prayer outside of praying a rosary in the shower, you know? Yep. Um, so, but it's, you know, you've probably felt this too, but I mean, I'm blessed. Uh, my wife and I are blessed with three kids, uh, including twin, you know, one and a half year olds. And I mean, your time just gets compressed. And it's like, if I want to continue to do things that, that matter most to me, you know, that are important to me, or, or at least constitutive of what matters most to me, um, I've got to, I've got to get efficient. Otherwise something's gonna, you know, gonna drop. Yeah. Cause I like it. Cause you're, you're able to do what matters most, say like read good books, fill yourself with great content or, in the case of when I think of like emails or things like that, you'll get some of those things out of the way so that when you do get home at night, you're not thinking, oh boy, I need to spend mm-hmm. time, you know, honey, it's after dinner. I got to go answer some emails. You're going, hey, let's play with the kids. I mean, you get right. to get to what matters most either way. Yeah, that, that's a really good point uh, and definitely one worth making is that efficiency like I'm describing here, that's not actually the end. That's just a means to a greater end. And And so, you know, something like spending time with my family, playing with my kids. I mean, those are very high up on the what matters most to me um, spectrum. And so I'm not trying to, how can I play with my kids in the most efficient way? But, you know, that, that's, that's, this is the time to waste time is with my kids. Um, in order to have that time, I've got to do other things, you know, outside of it um, so that I can, I can be present to them in that way. Yeah. Not, not like how quickly can I read this book to my kids? Right. Or no. If I skip every other page, will they notice? Right, you know? <laughs> right, right. My daughter, which, yes, she will. But which at times <laughs> you do need to do so to be efficient because kids need to go to bed <laughs> yeah, and you have to read the true. book, but that's not what matters <laughs> most. You want that time. <laughs> typically you want that time to last. Okay. So, uh, Two great tips on on time. Anything else you'd want to say there the, before the uh, thing, money? You know, the only thing, because all three of the examples I've given have been like listening to something while you're doing something, which I, I do think is actually super powerful. But just to give you one other one, because I, really there, I mean, there are so many things that I do in the course of a day and, and probably that all of us do to some extent along these efficiency lines. But just one other example. So my wife and I um, like, you know, at the very end of the day, we like to, you know, watch a, a TV show to unwind or something like that. Just relax. And, um, you know, I've just realized, gosh, like the habit of working out that I really used to have has kind of fallen by the wayside. And, you know, it occurred to me, um, you know, several months back, like, well, I could actually, I could actually exercise while, while we watch that show, you know, whether it be running on the treadmill and, 
you know, and having the TV on, or more recently, I've just been doing these things called seven minute workouts, um, which maybe a lot of folks have heard about. They've kind of been around for a while, but I just learned about them recently. But, you know, again, something's better than nothing. And um, yeah, and I feel better when I'm doing them. And and again, it costs me no additional time. Yeah, that's really great. That's great. So yeah, some great tips there on time. Now let's look at money. What are your thoughts as far as uh, money, obviously time is more valuable than money, but money is still a real factor um, in, in our lives as well. It is. And yeah, I mean, I guess I'd want to preface my comments on money just by saying, you know, um, money can be a snare. You know, the love of money is the root of all evil. So you, you have to be even more, in some ways, even more careful with it. Um, but yeah, you have to, you have to be careful with it. And, and, you know, St. Ignatius again, who I referenced earlier, I mean, he really talks about that, that spirit of detachment is required no matter what, whether you have money or Mm. don't have money, you need the spirit of detachment. But, um, but yeah, but simplicity, poverty, these things are not bad. But to your point, for many of us, you know, especially those of us trying to provide for family and things like that, money is an indispensable um, tool and, and, and a really big tool. So that, that's what my preface would be. But yeah, I'll give you, I mean, Probably the single best trick um, that I have found in this area uh, is applying for credit cards that offer really big sign-up bonuses. Now, this itself requires uh, a a number of prefaces, especially for anyone out there who might be a a Dave Ramsey fan. You know, Dave Ramsey um, writes on and talks about personal uh, finance and, and staying debt free. You you guys even had, I think someone on, on the podcast. Um, oh yeah. We had Amanda with the how to debt episode. So yeah, one, nice. I mean, one of the best ways that we've covered on the show before to be efficient with money is to get out of debt. I mean, the amount of compound Absolutely. interest and money you can waste towards debt, just not paying it off. And then having to give money to compound interest is, is really alarming. And we, you know, that's, that's probably the number one particular, if you're in debt, that's what you need to do first. But we have a whole other podcast on that called how to debt with our friend Amanda Texera. So uh, yeah, yeah, having that preface in place as far as nailing debt first is, is huge. But I, I mean, obviously Brandon, when in our personal conversations, I, I very much like this, uh, this step as well. Sure. So, I mean, again, I fully 100% support, uh, Dave Ramsey's approach. Dave himself says you live like no one else so that you can live like no one else. What, and what he means by that is you do something like get out of debt which which is is very important and hard for a lot of people to do. So you live like no one else in that capacity so that you can then live like no one else um, in, in other capacities. He does not add signing up for credit card uh, bonuses, um, but but I, I really would. I think it follows um, from his principles. Um, and in these credit card sign-up bonuses, I mean, so I talk about this. I just did a seven-part series uh, on my website on how to travel for free. And when you sign up for these credit cards, you can, sometimes you can get cash. Um, a lot of times you get miles or points that are, that are, I mean, very frequently worth $500 or more, sometimes more than a thousand. There's one out there right now that's more than 1500. I mean, so these are really big bonuses and if traveling and, and having great experiences with your family and things like that are constitutive of what matters most to you then getting these credit card sign up bonuses can provide that or if you know if you if you just think about it in terms of like well here's how much my family would have spent on travel this year or you know if you're not married here's you know i i was going to go to wherever you know europe with my friends or i was just going to go to arizona with my friends or whatever um you know if you think about how much money 
uh, that would have cost you. And then you get one of these credit cards, um, at the sign up bonuses and the, and the bonus covers that travel. Now you've got whatever that amount of money was, you know, um, $500, a thousand dollars, a $1,500 to, to divert to other priorities that are really important to you. Yeah. It's, uh, and I think for a lot of people at first when, you know, we've talked to several different people about this idea, uh, I've always told people that Brian's my dojo when it comes to, uh, this whole process. Cause he's taught me a lot, uh, about how to do this. And it's been amazing to experience some of the free travel, but I think there's a fair amount of skepticism that comes when people first see, they're like, yeah, I know about sign up bonuses or I've done that before yep. or, um, okay, it's $500. Like that's going to buy me one airplane ticket. Like, is there any way to help people understand a little bit more as far as, how you, you know, how you could try to accumulate these or stack these in a way that, you know, if I have a family of four or a family of five and, uh, I want to go on a trip, what would that look like? And what would that entail to be able to actually doing something significant? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just to give you a sense of the possibility, um, you know, in the last several years, I have accumulated enough miles and points and things like this, um, through credit card sign-up bonuses and other things, but, but the credit card sign-up bonuses are always the the really big one, uh, to go to Hawaii, Scotland, Arizona, Mexico twice, and the Florida Keys all for free. I mean, so this is, this can be substantial. Um, <clears throat> so I'll, first of all, I'll put that out there. Uh, you know, the, the major worry that many people have, and if you, you know, it's good, it's really healthy to have this worry is, oh, this will kill my credit score. I, one of my posts in the seven part series, I, I forget which number, three or four, something like that, is on the effect of credit card sign-up bonuses on your credit score. And it's very surprising. I mean, because tip, people assume this will kill your credit score typically. And please read, read that post if you're going yeah. to get into this at all. But typically, um, it actually helps your credit score. And so to answer your question, the way, the way you can, can take a whole family on vacation, as I've done, um, is by getting multiple of these credit cards. And, and you know, for like, if there's a really young listener out there, it, it's going to take a little time, honestly, to build, um, to build that credit score and, and, and really feel, um, and be, you know, comfortable, uh, doing this. But, uh, but for a lot of folks, um, it, it can, it can just be huge. And yeah, and it's really, it's really fun. And it's, it's, it's just amazing. I mean, these, these companies are trying to earn your business and, um, I'm happy to let them try. And a lot of people aren't willing to <clears throat> like switch, you know, switch credit cards and making sure they, they hit one bonus and then maybe switching to another credit card. Cause it's, it's work, but like you said, right. live like no one else so that you can live like no one else and really find, use your time. And I think uh, other people go, oh boy, that seems like a lot of time, but usually you can do that while you're doing something else that doesn't take up, you know, while you're watching a TV show, you can, you know, look at your, your bank statements, whatever it is, uh, at the same time. So, um, I'd really, yeah, overall this is an exciting idea. As far as the practicals, Brian's series on this topic is phenomenal. So just really invite you to check out his site. Again, that's brianmcadam.com just so you can find out more. Uh, everybody loves, most people, maybe not everybody, most people love travel. If you can do it for free, mm-hmm. it's just one of the coolest feelings. And I, again, Brian showed me a lot and uh, been able to take advantage of that as well. So um, well, cool. Well, that's, uh, yeah, what matters most. And we've looked at time and money and we always close each show with our how to, uh, Catholic challenge. So Brian, do you have a, a challenge for our listeners of how they can try to live some of this practical wisdom out in their lives? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, The challenge I would put forth is just to try to identify one area of your life where you could multitask in the way that I was describing before, you know, where you could add something meaningful to something else you're already doing, especially if that other thing you're already doing is, frankly, sort of mindless, like showering, you know, you know, know, we just do it on autopilot or, or, you know, driving or something like that. Um, Could, you know, while driving, could you, could you have books read to you? Could you um, have uh, a podcast, you know, can you listen to a podcast and be developing yourself that way? Um, or, you know, I think a lot of folks already do this, but could you exercise and learn something at the same time? I mean, I tried for a while to like jog and, 